0: This meeting is being recorded.
1: Good evening. Good evening. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Um, good evening. Um, today is Wednesday, July 5th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step and chapter is Step One Bill's Story. And our speaker tonight
2: is Lisa C. Thank you, Lisa. Hi, thank you. I'm Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New Jersey. Um, Thank you so much. Um, So before I like even try (laughs) to make any sense at all, I just want to invite um, my higher power into this space um, with me so uh, that I can be relieved of My character defects and hopefully carry a message that might mean something to other people. Um, And so I have a lot of gratitude. Um, I don't know why I'm here (laughs) other than because some great force of love has kind of carried me Um, So uh, Okay. Also, I should say that um, I I I definitely, um, in reading, in rereading Bill's story and like trying to prepare, I took lots of notes and I feel like, um, you know, thinking about step one, um, step one, I think for me, um, I felt really powerless a lot in my life. and yet the spiritual piece for me was very complicated. And I can just share like, briefly on some of the reasons why that was the case for me. Um, so I grew up in a mixed religion household. My mom uh, was of a Christian faith and my stepfather who raised me from a year old um, was Jewish. And we celebrated um, all of those holidays. And um, but my mom, who no longer really identified as Catholic, still sent me to Catholic school, you know, um, uh, Catholic, um, like to do the sacraments. Like I went to public school. But, um, you know, but it's like my father would come to church with us and I would go to school with my father and we would celebrate everything. But I was still saying Catholic prayers and um you know, I, I tried really hard when I was a teenager to be an atheist. I always prayed, but I really, you know, I wasn't sold on any particular version of God. Um, because, because I grew up kind of celebrating different versions of God at the same time. Um, and so, um, you know, I think, I think that like, um, for me, I, I found some of these things confusing. And I'll talk more about that as I like get into Bill's But what I want to say is that, um, you know, I, I tried very hard to be an atheist when I was a teenager, but it was hard for me because I was always seeing coincidences. Um, you know, the sort of question of is it odd or is it God? Which is not a phrase that I knew as a child or a teenager. But I was just kind of always being like, well, why did I look at the clock at that time? And 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 why, you know, if I hadn't had been, been late today, then this or that thing wouldn't have happened. Like, why is it like that? And so I was always kind of questioning. But it was sort of trendy among my friend group of, you know, sort of intellectual people um, or trying to be intellectual people to, you know, not believe in God and to kind of eschew a religion and spirituality. And so I tried really hard to do that. And it it kind of continued to not really work for me. Um, And then. you know, in college, I considered converting to Judaism. Um, since I had done the sacraments, I wasn't born of a Jewish mom. And, and you know, so, and my mom also raised me always saying all roads that lead to God are good. Um, and yet, when I would kind of toy with other possible religions, um, you know, she would cut it and try to steer me back to Christianity. So it was a very confusing time. Um, I, I think that the the when people call themselves grateful compulsive overeaters, what I really identify about that is that um, this this disease really brought me to my knees over and over again and um, forced me to stop fighting um, something that I really felt deep down inside, which is that like I'm one with this power, whatever it is, whatever we may call it, um, whatever religion leads to it or not, or whatever practices, right, meditative practices that we might do, um, that that that's kind of like part of me. So um, okay, so. (laughs) um, step one, admitting that we're powerless over food. My goodness. I wish, I wish that as a two year old, I wish that as a two year old, someone could have said to me in baby talk, um, do you think you're powerless over sugar? Um, and that maybe I would have said in my little baby voice, yes, yes, I am. Because I, I don't, I cannot remember a time when I wasn't actually, um, not completely enamored of the effect that food had on me um, and the, the effect that sugar in particular had on me, but, but the whole thing right even the restricting like the the behaviors. Um, so. Enough of that. I guess it'll be intertwined. I, I don't want to neglect to look at, at Bill's story. And so when I when I look at this chapter, I have to say that, you know, the, f- the first time I read it, I kept looking for Lois. I want to say that. Um, I kept looking for Lois, and I kept really identifying with her because I, I grew up in a household where I was kind of in the center of a storm, and there was a lot of chaos around me a lot. You know, so I, I was always looking at Lois and thinking, gosh, you know, like she is like constantly fixing the, these, these issues, right? And what I, I couldn't see until I was older of course, is that like, I was, I was both in the center of the chaos and also the creator of the chaos. Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, when I think about Bill and his big plans, right. um, you know, the first few pages, and he talks about um, how he was going to prove to the world how important he was, and how he was going to like, take on Walter Hagen, right, like the number one golfer in the country, like he's going to do all these things to prove his worth, and then he will arrive, right. Um, And he will be worth something. Um, It didn't matter how much I prayed, or how much I tried to find God, or how much I was exposed to different religious practices growing up. I didn't really go there because i i always kind of thought that um that you know um i was going to outgrow the need for a higher power or to connect i was you know i i'm a child right and one day i'll be a grown up and i won't need this anymore um i didn't understand that like working at something, being persistent at something, um, really mattered. You know, and I think about Bill with the, with the law exam, right? It's like, yeah, the law wasn't for him, but, um, I see myself in that. It's like, there were certain things that I was not willing to work at. I just wanted to be naturally good at them. And I wanted to be praised for things that I didn't earn. Um, and you know, um, I was, I was a terrible friend. Um, I, I, my life really revolved around, um, you know, impulses and, um, I, I, I was just, I was terrible at showing up Um, and I was inconsistent. And when I think about, um, you know, what, what starts to happen to Bill is like what happened to me, like on page five, when he says I woke up, right. Um, I, this had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. Like, when does that really start to happen for me? Well, um, I, when I became pregnant for the first time, um, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I mean, I, I thought I was not harming myself or my growing child because I was eating a lot of healthy foods. And then I was following them up with just horrendous foods. Um, and sure enough, I got gestational diabetes and, and the cat was out of the bag. You know, um, there was no hiding from that. I had to change very drastically, very um, immediately. Um, and yet, right. So that would have been a moment where it's like, clearly the sugar's killing me. Right. Um, and um, I gained a lot of weight in just a few months of pregnancy and my midwife was kind of cautioning me, but I, I wasn't listening, you know? Um, but you see, it's like that we wake up, I wake up like, like Bill did. And then I have to wake up again and again and again. Um, kind of like how once we become recovered, we have to practice again and again and again. Um, you know, it's not like I make this one prayer to the God of my understanding, my higher power. And then he swoops in, and heals my heart. And then I feel good for a day and then I can just take life easy and and rest on my laurels. And then the work is done. Um, you know, that's, that's not, um, it's not the way it works. It's a relationship. Um, so, you know, when I think about like how he still thinks he can control the situation, I mean, I did all the things, right. I mean, I, I mean, I remember, and you know, the thing is too, I remember as a teenager, like having bags of candy, you know, and joking around with friends and no one else was having the effect that I was, but I was trying to get high with it. I just didn't realize that's what it was. Um, but I remember joking that like, you know, um, you know, people would be like, are you sure you don't want to slow down? I mean, other people would notice that I was out of hand and I would get very hyper and then I would be very, um, you know, extroverted and, and talkative and just, you know, I, I thought it was the life of the party. It was really awful. Um, but, you know, I had the thought then, you know, this could, this could go somewhere bad, Um, you know, but I I still thought I could control it. And even when I tried all the different things like intermittent fasting, it's like, it would occur to me like, you know, that it was sort of a a gateway drug. Intermittent fasting for me, was like a gateway drug, right back to restricting, right back to my anorexia. Like, um, you know, but I, I would still do it because, you know, I I had that self-knowledge, I was believing in it, you know, this is going to work this time. And then, you know, it's like, um, well, if I just cut out these or, the, you know, these things or those things, um, you know, if I only eat at these hours or, you know, of course, then, you know, um, our favorite pagan way that like I tried like three times, I, you know, um, I... I, you, one would think that waking up was something that only needed to happen once, but actually it happened, had to happen many times, just like it had to happen for Bill. Um, you know, and I always, I find the self-knowledge piece on, on page seven is always a sticking point for me. Um, because I'm a reader and I need doctors and professionals. I need them to tell me, you know, like, um, gosh, what a difference it was to, you know, really, really absorb, like what it means to have, um, this obsession of the mind and the physical allergy. Okay. Like this is beyond self-knowledge now because now I'm in my body. And what I recognize is that like, I was never in my body. Oh my gosh. Uncomfortable all the time. It didn't matter how thin I was. It didn't matter how sculpted this one part of my body was. There was always a flaw. I was relentless in my hatred of myself, just completely relentless. And it has taken, um, it has taken a tremendous, amount of surrendering and, 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 and prayer to my higher power, just God, can I just be in a bathing suit? Can I leave myself alone? Can I be out in the summer with my kids and stop caring about what this looks like, you know? And, and the thing is that, um, and I just want to say one thing is that, you know, I had to also really pray to God, um, you know, in early in, in my path of recovery here, working the steps, like, uh, you know, I don't weigh myself. That's just a personal choice right now for where I am Um, because it's like a game. It's like something starts firing up in my brain, you know, where it's like, you know, oh, well, one more pound or half pound or it's like, I won't leave myself alone unless I turn to my higher power and I say, relieve me. I can't do it. You can, I can't do it. You can, um, I will not stop. Um, and I'll not be living life, um, and that's really what happened. But the sticking point about self-knowledge for me um, is that it, it is it, it has its place, right? It's just that it's not enough, right? Which Bill obviously found really quickly. It's like, oh, great, I have this information now and now I'm going to be okay. And of course, of course we know he wasn't. Um, and I, you know, I also just love like the line um, on um, uh, page, you um, Sorry, I'm, I'm going between my notebook and, and the book. Um, on, on page nine, drinkers are like that. Oh, I love that so much, right? Like compulsive overeaters are like that. Okay, what are some things that I would do? My gosh, I'd be at at Sunday dinners. I would not uh clear my dish. I'd sit there. Um, I would be adding more. I I would eat so much that I would, and I I, you know, was not um purging, uh, but I would eat so much that I could not physically do anything but go to the bathroom and relieve myself because my body could not handle it. I mean, like, um, so it doesn't matter how much I knew, um, just like, just like Bill. Um, so yeah. I mean, I see myself all over the chapter. And of course, like the first time that I ever read it, um, I really was still kind of in denial. You know, I found these ways to not identify. And I would say, oh, well, this was a book written by a man for men. Um, this is a different time period. Um, you know, and like I said before, like I always think of Lois, I still think of Lois, right? Um, I do. Um, for the reasons I mentioned before, but I think, um, okay, right. Yes. Like, this 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 was me, and it's it's like uh, I have to kind of um, release, right? All of those opportunities to say, um, not now, or not that much, or I'll only do it to this extent. Um, I find that, you know, the excuses, right? I'll be relentless, I'm relentless in my self-loathing and I'm relentless with my excuses unless I have my higher power to guide me. And I, you know, I, I, I used to double book plans. I used to... um overschedule myself, I used to just have no idea of how to manage my life and my time at all. And I think it's because um, it was the same thrill and adrenaline rush that I would get from the food was having this life I couldn't manage. And I was just perpetuating it and creating it um, all the time. Uh, You know, just um, running from place to place and not even having a minute to stop. But then when I did, I would eat three meals at once. This is not healthy. Um, So, you know, how, how, how the food made me feel and what it did to my body. And, and, you know, compulsive overeating, um, may not, may not look the same as other, other addictions, although, you know, addictions are addictions. I, I I know that, but like, um, I would be up 15 pounds in a couple months and then down 15 pounds, a couple months. Like I, I could not maintain the same weight. I don't think that I was like the same person every three to six months. I was, a different person on the outside. Um, It was the, it's an illness that everyone could see. Um, And, and that makes it even more painful um, because some people aren't kind. Some people can't help, but say something. And some people think that they're being kind and say, Oh, you've lost weight. You look great. Um, But actually it didn't matter because um, uh, you know, there was no amount that any person could say, because I kept going to people to do for me what only, my higher power could do for me. Um, And I still do it, you know, it's still in a recovered life. That still happens to me. And I need five minutes. minutes. Thank you. And I need like those reminders. Okay. So um, let's see if we now, you know, we get through pages eight and nine here and um, Ebby Thatcher comes to see Bill, right? Top of page nine. He was sober in italics. All right. The first time I saw a friend after I was a few months um, um, abstinent and she said, you look so different. Like it wasn't, she didn't comment on my weight. She said, your eyes look so clear. And so I always think about that part, right? It's not even about um, the external transformation. Um, It's something internal, something that's a frequency that can be sort of felt in a palpable way. It's not, it's like, it's like an energy field, you know, because here's the thing. I think that my whole life I was energetically outside of my body, but my body is here, either chasing after my spirit, which was who knows where, or, um, you know, um, trying to slow down to let my spirit catch up, but I was never in sync to actually be in sync, to be a spirit in the body is such a different life. To me, it's part of what I think is a recovered life. Um, because I'm listening then to that, that higher power, that power that's in me and around me and I'm tuned into it. So, um, yeah. So then we get to like, he was sober. And now Bill is like, okay, there's something different going on. And then, uh, you know, Debbie Thatcher has that starry eyed look. Um, You know, it's, it's, Powerful to see how Bill then transforms because basically his mind starts opening up and then boom onto page 12. Um, we, we have that moment and it's so it's, I feel like reading this chapter, chapter, it's like we're pushing the rock up the mountain and then we hit page 11 and 12 and then we're rolling. We're rolling because Bill has tapped into the power and, and we get all the the steps, um, you know, kind of digested in, in these like, um, you know, shorter phrases, um, on page 13, right. Um, in, in this way that it's sort of like, we can feel the, um, the momentum, right. The way that like when things come together in the right way, at the right time, there is this synchronicity. There's this way that we're tuned in and then it's like, it's right. And we're not fighting. I'm not fighting. Um, so this, this question, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Um, this, the reason this is so essential for someone like me is that, um, you know, I, I, i had this mixed religion upbringing i you know um i praised the sacred feminine for a while i praised to the goddess you know i thought okay the the tree is my higher power i mean i I really really tasted all the different things and now it's like i find myself i will read any prayer give me a prayer in a language i've never read if it is about connecting Sorry. (laughs) I apologize. Um, But if it is about connecting to this power that I need every minute of my day, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't find that I can do anything now without prayer. And the moment that I'm not, it's such an immediate like shift in my whole energy that I'm like, I'm on my knees again, whether I can literally be on my knees or metaphorically be on my knees. Um, And so, um, you know, I, I am grateful to, to have this solution I don't ever want it to go away. I don't want it to be different. I want it to be as it is. I do my best. I'm still learning. Um, I love the line in the book that is, we, we realize we know only a little, um, I realize I know only a little, um, I'll take whatever this book can give me and more. Um, and you know, uh, I, I think that, uh, it's always lurking. The disease is always lurking. It's, it's, uh, it always wants me back. Um, and, you know, and I know that it would, it would lead to death. I'm getting older. I, for years, I had this unspecified autoimmune disease that no one could really diagnose and figure out what it was. And my markers were really off and everything. And now they're not, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a miracle. I mean, Bill's story is a story of miracles. And Um, I want some too. And there's enough for everybody. And there's room at the table for all. And, and, you know, um, there's no limit. Wow. Right. Um, I'll take it. I will take it. I will take it. I will take it. But there are things I can't do anymore. And there are places that, you know, if I go, I really got to check in with my higher power. I got to maybe check in with fellows. um, And, and I got, I I have to, you know, keep this book close um, because, yeah, there are places that I need that protection. I mean, I always need the protection, but there are moments where I'm, I'm weaker than others. Um, you know, the beautiful promises that follow in the last few pages of, of Bill's story, um, you know, it's like, listen, I still have dark moments. A recovered life is full of disturbances. It's full of, oh, did I say the right thing? Or, oh my gosh, she looked at me weird. And, um, you know, or he, or, you know, um, oh, my st- I'm a teacher. My students were giving me such a hard time today. You know, like, what did I do wrong? Um, and, and yet, it's like, um, God's timing or my higher power's timing, it's just not always mine. Um, And I will share this one story um, that, uh, and I I hope that I did some justice to this chapter because um, uh, there's so much here and it's, it's you know, but but just to share the powerlessness, okay, the embracing of step one and powerlessness, I'll share this little story that a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I was really, I, I'm a teacher at the end of the school year, I actually get very depressed. I don't like goodbyes. I don't like having to wrap everything up and say goodbye. I know I'm the weirdest teacher in the universe because most teachers are like, can't wait to go and not be around students for two months. But that's not me. I'm teaching summer school. It's not a shocker. But, um, you know, it's like I'm wrapping up and taking all the posters down from my wall and feeling a lot. And then I go to work and I'm waiting for parking for over 40 minutes. Nothing is opening up on the block in front of my school. And finally, reluctantly, um, with a little bit of resentment, I drive to the parking lot and I realize I don't even have cash. So now I'm going to have to walk to the bank, which is like a good 10 minute walk to get the cash to pay at the end of the day. Well, let me tell you, I was in such a terrible place, but having to walk to the bank, and i should also share that you know um my husband and i have been married for many years um you know we're not a perfect uh you know marriage and there are moments too and he's having a lot of trouble at work right now you know just a lot of stress and so i've been feeling very burdened by that and his name is joe and i'm walking to the bank and there's this little church and the door is open it's saint joseph's church okay i walk to the bank i get my money and i'm walking back and i walk right by the church again the door's still open and i was like fine You know, I just knew that God was or my higher power was telling me, you need to just go in there for a quiet minute, Lisa, because this is not going to go very well. And what I realized actually is that, and again, is it odd or is it God? To me, that was all part of God's design. Not finding a spot. And then, oh, I should mention that after I brought my car to the lot and I'm walking back towards my school, two spots had opened up on the block. But see, if those two spots had been there when I thought I needed them. I would have never taken the walk to the bank. And then I would have never stopped in this church that has my husband's name and sat on a pew in an empty church and cried, just cried. And I didn't pray to any particular entity. I just sat there and I said, I can't do this. I can't fix his problems, but you can. And my husband's an atheist, totally, or thinks he is. I believe he has a higher power of his own right? Maybe it's a tree, maybe it's a rock, (laughs) but I had to release that to God because I couldn't walk with it anymore. I couldn't go to my school building with a clear mind and be there. So yes, what a relief. And I mean, what a proof of miracles, like Bill's story is a proof of miracles. What a proof of miracles that I could walk into a space where the door was open just for me and take 10 minutes and be relieved of a heaviness that I can't describe, a heaviness that food would only fix for about 30 seconds, maybe a minute and bring me that much closer to the suffering and the death that I was headed so speedily for, um, for so long. Um, I feel like that's probably a good time to stop. So um, thank you. I have endless gratitude. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. That was so beautiful. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. As you, we ask you, we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And I will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a time for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? If the speakers ask a question, please allow for three minutes for the answer. And now yeah, the floor is now open.
3: Amy B, please share. Thank you. Thank you, Francesca. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, everybody, for doing service tonight and being here. Um, so many faces, new and um, familiar, and all of us family, and I'm so glad to be here with you tonight. Um, Lisa, that was... What a a, a lit-up journey connection to Bill's story. It, it I loved everything you said. I felt so connected to your energy when you talked about when you talked about, you know, the the devastating self-hatred and um and the connection to a higher power through anything. Um I I love the story you told at the end. Um, I Bill's story, it's so you're right. I mean, like it slogs through and then it turns and it, it's an uphill journey. And then that was such a great way of doing it because this chapter, um, I don't know those, those beginning pages, it mirrors my life. It's nothing like my life and it mirrors my life in the way that it's like,
4: <laughs>
3: a like a nighttime drama in my case, like maybe without the wardrobe budget, but like an intense, like, like huge sweeping, fantastical, like scenery and crazy ideas. And that creates chaos and ends up in, in, in a crash. And my life is nothing like his and my life looked exactly like his. And that's what it's like in this fellowship, you know, like my, my, my life may look nothing like yours. It may look exactly like yours, but we, if we're here for the same reason, we all come here, you know, because we want to stop. That's what it says in the book. You know, we've lost control. We want to stop. Um, then we're all in this together and then it does take off. And this chapter is so inspiring. And of course the, the, line from which this meeting was inspired comes from this chapter on page 12. Why don't you choose your own conception of God? Like that changed the whole game for me. Um, and then at the end, the paragraph about my friend's simple talk in our kitchen, I cannot help, but think about just the essence of community and kitchens and gathering and not in a food way, but in a creative family hearth and home kind of way, that that's where they sat and talked at the kitchen table. That's in the, time. Thank you, Sally, in the heart of the home, and you are the heart of my home tonight. Thank you all for being here, I pass. Thank you, Amy. next,
1: uh, Melissa, please share. Thanks, Francisco, for Thank you so much for
2: this seat. Hey, Melissa.
1: could you wanted to claim my seat? Uh, could oh, you turn your volume? Sorry,
2: okay. Are yeah. you hear me? okay. Um, well, can you hear me now?
1: Yes. Yes, much better. Thank you.
2: Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I just really wanted to quickly claim my seat. I wasn't planning on being here today. My other meeting got out late, and I heard exactly what I needed to hear. In that. Last five minutes of your share, Lisa, to see that when we, you know, when things don't go our way, that's higher power showing up. So
0: thank you. Thank you so much.
4: Nancy P. Hi, it's Nancy P. Hold on one second. I'm just going to ask to. Sorry about that. I had to ask my husband to close the dining room door. Um, Anyways, um, that was a great, great uh, talk on Bill's story. I have I have a lot of favorite parts of, you know, every chapter, almost every page. And I used to go to a big book meeting every week and every week I'd say, you know, we we sat in a circle and everybody shared uh, every week. And every week I'd start out by saying, this is the only step, this is the only chapter that you need. This is all that you need ever, you know? So here I am thinking that about Bill's story. But, you know, I remember sitting in my car, sobbing, having just eaten a dozen donuts when quicksand stretched around me in all directions. You know, I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. And you know, Bill's story shows this transformation, you know, going from, you know, riding high, thinking he's like this pipsqueak that comes home from World War I, ready to take on the world. And I always think I guarantee the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's were not shaking in their boots, you know, when he drove up, when he came home from the war and and you know, I felt like that too. I felt like in whatever successes early, you know, in my life, I have had some successes and, um, you know, I felt like ready to do everything, be everything, do everything. And then I was brought low sobbing in my car, having eaten donuts. And, um, you know, and I lived like that for a long time, like Bill didn't know that he didn't have to live that way. And I didn't know that I didn't have to live that way in spite of thinking that I knew everything, And the other thing, uh, you know, I'll just jump ahead and say the other two things that are my favorite, almost in the book, on page 15, where it says, um, I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I've gone to my old hospital in despair on talking to a man there. I'd be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works and rough going. And I think I kind of disagree with that because... This is is a design for work for living that works before everything else fails. Like if I wait till everything else fails to do this, I'm in way deeper shit than I thought. I really believe this. And then following that, the next paragraph, it says the joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty. And I think for myself that I have the joy of living, especially under pressure and difficulty. Um, And I'll just share one quick thing. Yesterday was the 4th of July. Every year I give a gigantic party. And, um, you know, the people that are invited are always really excited. They'd love to come to my house. And one of the commitments that I made when I did my, you know, when I recovered was I'm not going to be screaming a harpy anymore. I'm not going to be a shrieking harpy in my house. And um, and so, you know, the people my family, they want to help me, but what I needed was for, to have like a team to wait to be delegated, right? I can only keep like five things in my mind and, and everything else has to, you do this, you do this. They want to help me, but they don't stay. You know, they like, if you don't need help at the minute, then they go and do something. And I was desperate for some help. And so I said, I need some help. I need some help. I need some help. Help, please, please. Somebody come and help me. Somebody come and help me. Nobody came because nobody could hear me because I was shrieking. And um, you know what? It went fine. Like everybody came, it was pouring rain. I made the decision to cook everything, like not be, everything's gonna be cooked at once. People could eat and not eat whatever they want. I don't care. And it was a really fun party. And um, I had a really good time and, you know, I was really tired, but that line, it works especially under rough going. Like I was safe. I didn't eat compulsively. I was happy, joyous and free. I comprehend the word serenity and I know peace. That'll pass.
1: Thank you, Nancy. Uh, next, you have Tamara. Please
5: share. Hi, I'm Tamara. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, thank you, Lisa, for your lead. That was so powerful. I related to you in so many ways. Um, I grew up in a divided household also. My mother was a Jehovah's Witness and my father wasn't. So we celebrated Christmas, but we went to church. So I, I got mixed messages all throughout my childhood. And so when it came to finding a higher power, I really struggled with that. And I still sometimes struggle with that Um, because the God that I knew as a Jehovah's witness was very judgmental and, then my dad was just he didn't have a faith. He just was out there. He was an alcoholic and he was drinking. And um, but anyway, I'm also a teacher, just like you, Lisa. So um, I can relate to that when you talked about that. So I just wanted to claim my seat and say thanks for everybody to be here. And that's it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Tamara. Uh, Next, we have Maureen. Please share. Hi, uh, I'm Maureen. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Lisa. Uh, I'm so glad to be on the meeting tonight. And um, I just thought how you sort of knit your way through the story, you know, from talking about how what the circumstances of your early experiences with God and how that ended, I thought was perfect. And the thing that I'm reminded of when uh, when you were talking about being near the church in Bill's story, he talks about being in front of the cathedral, needing and wanting God in that moment. And then things of the world, clamor, uh, all those things, you know, uh, sort of. Uh, came into his vision and he was actually disconnected with his higher power. But what I see, what you're talking about is, is that how you're connecting with your higher power, like through the, through this program, through putting the food down, through, um, through basically, uh, you know, living your life, in a, in a sober way. Um, and that's, that's the big difference with Bill, you know, he was often running into his alcoholic years, you know, and, um, not that I'm comparing you exactly to Bill, but I know you said that you uh, identified with certain things and I, I was kind of nice the way that, that, that whole thing went in there. Um, and, you know, for me, I I definitely identify with that also because, you know, I, uh, it, it took a lot of doing for me to actually come back to my higher power. I had, I had spiritual experiences when I was younger. I just couldn't under, I couldn't ident- uh, identify them exactly what they were. But I do know that like Bill, I needed and wanted God. I had those moments, you know, who then put it all together? This starless night, this, you know, starlit night. Um, those kinds of things always, always, always in my life. And the thing was, is when I did go back to church, it wasn't necessarily what I was hearing. It was the 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 feel of the pew, you know, the the smell, the incense of the of the environment the stained glass window. And what I get from that is like, God pulls you in whatever way he can. And that if that means you have to park 10, 10 blocks before, you know, you you get to your destination in order to see something that has to be in your path, he'll put that there, you know. So thanks for that great reminder.
4: Thank you so much, Maureen. And uh, next we have Yanira.